today we are starting an all new series, what we hope will be an all new series of specials called Then and Now. Then and Now. What were you saying and doing then? What are you saying and doing now? Today we open with none other than the titan of the comic book industry, a mover and a shaker like none other, Todd McFarlane, Todd Mighty McFarlane. He gave a 1993 interview where he expressed his views on all things variants, on spinoff books, on rival publishers. He is never without a compelling opinion. And you'll be surprised to find that many of the things that Todd is sharing in 1993 are not the way he feels and, 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 and does not reflect the actions of what he is doing today. But that is the fun of then and now. We get to look back 30 years. What we were saying then, what we were saying now, with Todd McFarlane today on an all-new Observations. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Observations. I am your host, Rob Liefeld. Now, I always struggle with how much should I tell you about who I am at this top of this show because so many of you have followed my work over the years, but there's always the new uh, listener. And what I was taught, the most important thing that I was taught when I was at Marvel Comics very early on was to spoon feed the reader. The the editor-in-chief, literally, the, the EIC himself, Tom DeFalco, told me in 1989, you got you got to spoon feed the reader, Rob. You got to treat him like the third grade and give him the most basic information up front so they understand. Okay, so I'm going to spoon feed you and tell you that uh, I have been making comic books for 37 years. I've been fortunate to have created some uh, big tentpole blockbuster comic book titles, X-Force, Cable. I created Deadpool, Domino. I helped start Image Comics. I was the first Image Comic published. Uh, as far as resumes go, especially in the comic book business, I'm doing pretty good. I'm, I'm, I've, I've got a nice resume. This podcast was born of my absolute love and passion of all things comic books. How comic books have become the go-to uh, pop culture phenomenon in terms of merchandising, games, streaming shows, movies. Uh, it, it feels like there's not a day that goes by that I can't get a comic book, streaming, show, movie, cartoon, game headline. Whether it's Invincible, whether it's The Boys. Uh, I read The Boys outperformed all these other shows, was the number one streaming show, at least on Amazon. You know, so there, boom, that's that's an announcement. I, I'm reading about the Invincible uh, series also coming on 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 Amazon, not not the series, the continuing seasons of the series. We got Ant-Man coming, you know, uh, later this summer. We got the Marvels. DC's got Shazam 2. I, I'm getting trailers. Uh, you know, there's all manner of stuff. I've got my own movies that that are that are inching towards green lights with with profit with with Sam Hargrave the director of extraction Jake Gyllenhaal one of the finest actors of a generation and a whole lot more stuff on on tap because comic books are just 24/7 pop culture they have become pop culture and we talk about them here each and every week and i i just can't get enough i love the topic and and if you're listening, I'm assuming that you also love the topic. My generation, my group of guys that broke in, and we were mostly guys at the time. We hadn't expanded the field. Comics was never, uh, and, and to its detriment, never terribly uh, uh, broad in 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 its, you know, in, in including females. And over time, now it has become much stronger. 
in my day, uh, Marie Severin, who was a staffer and a ridiculously accomplished illustrator at Marvel, uh, and then Colleen Duran, who has been around now longer than I have because she broke in before me. She's brilliant. She's illustrated the Stan Lee biography. Uh, she burst on the scene with a black and white fantasy magazine called A Distant Soil. Uh, all manner of different uh, different. June Brigman did some X-Men work. She she broke in on, on Power Pack. Uh, now, now there's all sorts of females in the field, so many that I can't keep track of them. But when I say back in the day, me and my my the my guys who were our peers, we really were uh you know it was a very much more male dominated field and I'm not saying that's a good thing. I'm just saying that's how it was, and I'm so glad that it has expanded and included so much more representation but uh back in the day when 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 we were you know breaking into the field, we did a lot of interviews we talked. And we promoted, and and we, and we were always out there uh, pushing our stuff, and and so much of what I am able to share with you on this show, and what we're going to talk about today, is yet another epic interview with a titan of the comics industry. Uh, Todd McFarlane did as many interviews as anybody during that time, and uh, if you have listened to this show, uh, to this Rob observations, you have heard uh, often that I've shared some of his interviews. Uh, there was a couple, there's a, there's a two, I think it's, is it a two part podcast with the uh, comic book feuds with, with Todd versus Rob? Cause after I left image comics in 1996, it, it upset people because, you know, it'd be one thing, uh, you know, I, I've mentioned it before. Jim Valentino said, Rob, you have to go get on a plane and see Todd and, and beg him, you know, to set everything right. And I said, Jim, I don't care. I don't care that he's mad at me that I'm leaving. I don't care that he doesn't like Heroes Reborn. I've got my own path, my own destiny. And that is never happening. I'm never getting on a plane and flying. It was, it was, a, weird, uh, it was a weird statement for Jim to make. But I, I think Jim was making it because he knew the uncertainty of my leaving would rip the Band-Aid off Image Comics. And sure enough, two years later, Jim Lee left. And Image was wobbly. It was on wobbly ground for about five years. And then, honestly, you can thank Robert Kirkman for writing the ship. His imagination, his gumption, his uh, incredible ingenuity, creativity, uh, turned a corner for that company. The, the two-punch, the two punch, you know, the invincible walking dead one-two punch that Robert provided stabilized the company and uh, when, when there wasn't a lot of stability. And... Uh, Got him back on track, but I believe when when Jim Valentino was like, "Rob, you have to fly and see Todd and make it all right," uh, that was the the tone and the tenor. My attorneys at the time said that when they would meet with Image, there was a lot of anger and attitude. And to be honest, we weren't laughing back at Extreme Studios because we didn't give a shit. We didn't care. Uh, I, I somebody asked me the other day, "Do you own anything from Image?" Image Comics owns nothing. It's a distribution network. They take a fee. The fee pays for the salaries, the overhead, all the great people that assemble your image comics. Um, And then if there's money at the end of the year, there's payouts, but there's no ownership. And the payouts fluctuate. Some, some years they were good. Some years they were, you know, decent. Uh, But it's, 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 it's a source of passive income for sure. But it's, it's not the primary income. Todd's income is Todd's income. 
And uh, these guys make their own way. And at the end of the year, well, let's call them bonuses. Let's call them, you know, the payouts. Uh, but, but when somebody says, do you own anything? There's nothing to own. Literally, that's how the company was f- formed. So what you own is your own catalog, is your characters. So my catalog is my catalog, unless I've sold pieces of it along the way. Uh, Todd's catalog is his catalog, unless he lost pieces along the way. Everybody's done deals behind the scenes. Mark, uh, Silvestri, Top Cow, they have partners who own percentages of different, com- uh, of different characters because they've made deals along the way. It's, 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 you know, it's what you can do when you have ownership. Uh, my respect for Todd and what he's accomplished in comics is uh, second to none. You guys don't ever mistake that I do a, an impersonation and I, I do a mean one. I do a mean toddy. Uh, I, it's pretty good. Um, I <laughs> because you've told me to be honest. It's because you've told me. Sorry, I'm laughing. Um, we uh, when, when we've um, you know worked together, it's been fun. And uh, and 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 again, don't mistake the fact that I can do a, a great impersonation for him as a disrespect. Uh, case in point, I'm doing a series of. Uh, homage covers for marvel they asked me to i'm not thrilled about doing homage covers uh i think i think they're tough to pull off they're tough you, you generally aren't going to outdo the guy that did it originally i made it clear to them really clear, clearly i will not do any todd mcfarlane homage covers uh his hulk is it is it 340 the wolverine hulk and his spider-man 300 stand on their own they are I've seen people try and replicate both and they just constantly come up short. You're not going to outdo Todd's version of those covers. I've seen some real stinkers of, of both as well. And, and again, they don't even come close to touching the brilliance. A lot of people, you got you to understand this though. Hulk 4340 is a take on an Art Adams Black Widow Marvel fanfare cover with the reflections. People seem to think that was the first reflective cover and they make the mistake all the time of trying to draw a straight line from Todd's reflection 340 cover to every other reflective cover. There are Jim Apero, Batman, and the Outsiders covers that had reflections in swords uh, two, three years before that cover. Art Adams, Marvel fan for a cover, and Mar- Art Adams was our M&M's, Snicker Bar, Chocolate, uh, Ice Cream Sunday. He was our indulgence. All of the guys in Image were biting off Art Adams, and anyone who tells you they're not is straight up lying to you. He was such a giant generational influence on all of us, and he did a killer, killer Marvel fanfare cover where Black Widow is in the reflection of uh, the villain's armor, the the face mask plate, and the the hilt of the spear. It's fantastic. It is 100% the image that spawned your Hulk 340. Now, that said, the 340 is epic on its own, and I wouldn't try and re- redo it. Any of Todd's covers, they're too good. The Batman cover, whatever, with all the capes, it's too good. It's 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 too damn good. Um, I miss the Todd McFarlane uh, that made the Spider-Man books. Uh, I, I thought that was peak uh, competitive Todd. So my respect for the work that he's done is immense. And I've done an entire podcast that tells you he should have a statue. He should have some special accommodation, an award, something for how he changed the toy business. Listen to that podcast. Hear my words in that podcast. Every ounce of it is sincere. He absolutely 100% without any qualifications or or any, uh, 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 I mean, just without any caveats whatsoever, 
Todd changed the toy industry for the better, for the better. Huge presence, more so, he did more so for toys, in my opinion, than he did for comics, okay? But he gave this interview, and I'm going to share it to you. And this is part of our new series that I'm going to be bringing you because it just begs it. It's called Then and Now, Now and Then. Uh, Taking a look, a snapshot of someone, who they were at this time, as opposed to who they are now. And you're going to get a lot of that contrast as I bring this interview to you. I've mentioned this magazine. Man, I've got so many copies of these. They, they were in a, in a box. Entertainment Retailing. And then it had a big giant ER as its logo. This is uh, the September 1993, volume one, number two. On the cover is a Simon Beasley painting. It says, uh, Entertainment Retailing, Entertainment Retailing, excuse me. I kind of mumbled the word weekly with retailing there. Entertainment Retailing is incorporating Wizard Dealer Network News. It says, Kitchen Sink Kicks Off Melting Pot Brew, page 21. So this is the second issue. I cannot believe these were 11 by 7, like, like okay, 10 by 14 magazine size. And uh, they were really, retailers could could sell them to fans. Um, they, they didn't do big numbers like the Wizard, but this is Wizard trying to get into the retail space. And, uh, you know, maybe if we have time, I'll, I'll, I'll look at the end of this because the editorial in this issue is really interesting. Uh, the main feature in here is looking at the San Diego Comic Convention in, uh, what did I say, 1993. And uh, so this is just a year into Image Comics. So this is fresh. Got a really nice uh, double page interview with Todd that in a regular magazine would be four pages because it's giant. It's like big newspaper size. And uh, a lot of the stuff that Todd shares in this interview bears uh, examination and, and, and especially draw in contrast. It's interesting having known him as an artist, as a businessman, having watched him in the public. If I never knew Todd, if I never knew him personally, I would uh, draw a stark, stark contrast between what he is saying in this, uh, in this interview with, with what he is doing now. That's why we're going to call it then and now. Because quite frankly, I mean, it's, it's, it's really, uh, it's interesting. The the contrast has to be, has to be noted. It starts by saying, for those of you who have been hiding under a rock for the last year or so, Spawn has been consistently one of the best-selling comic books every month. This is based on the fact that it's not a new number one and it never, ever sports an enhanced, and then in captions, read gimmick cover. The people who buy Spawn buy it because they know every month they're going to get the very best drawn comic with the coolest coloring and the neatest story, all for a cover price that they know that they won't take a second mortgage out on their house to afford. All for a cover price that they know they won't take a second mortgage out on their house to afford. Todd is the kind of guy who doesn't always do things normally, and it appears that whatever it is he is doing, he's a pretty sound thinker. This fall, Todd is taking time off of his regular writing and artistic duties on Spawn to undertake his dream crossover, Spawn and Batman. In the interim, Spawn is going to be handled by Grant Morrison and artist Greg Capullo. Todd took, t- took some time out of his increasingly busy schedule to talk about all of his new projects, including toys and other promos. Way down here, <clears throat> uh, actually, it's, it's, just, it's, it's way down the page, but it's the second question. And there's a picture of Todd signing Spawns uh, as our big uh, photo. It says industry spotlight on Todd McFarland. Let me see who who interviewed Todd. It just says entertainment retailing interviewed Todd. Again, no byline. It says, hey, Todd, you and Spawn didn't partake in the Deathmate crossover. 
Was that a conscious decision to keep Spawn in the spotlight and not mix him with the crossover so that he's just not another image character? Very weird and leading question, in my opinion. But he says, no, not really. To tell you the truth, I don't know anything about Valiant. I'm not, le- I'm not into. I'm not into lending my character to a company whose characters I care about. I'm not into lending my character to a company whose characters I really didn't care about. Sorry, my, my guffaw. I really didn't care about. If they had a character that I thought was cool, I would have said, oh, wicked. Oh, wicked. Uh, maybe, uh, here, I'll do the whole, whole quote. Oh, wicked. Maybe my guy can team up with that guy. But I really don't read any of the Valiants. So those characters don't mean anything to me. I would just be doing it for the sake of doing it. With Batman, well, I like Batman. I've always said that if I was going to do, uh, if I was ever going to do a book based on my favoritism of a character, it would have to be Batman. Spawn, when I designed him 15 years ago, was sort of patterned after Batman with the cool cape, the tight pants, and stuff like that. In uh, instead of the kind of commando look that is running through the mutant books, like I said before, Valiant doesn't mean anything to me. That's neither here nor there. That that's not loaded. I believe what Todd has told you is to be taken completely at face value. Um, he did, you know, express to myself, Mark and Jim, who were partaking, like, why are you doing this? And when we said, well, we like the characters, I, you know, there was no further argument. So this guy says to Todd, hey, Todd, how come there aren't any cover enhancements on your books? So th- this, this begs some, some, uh, th- th- this begs some examination and some little, little introspection here. Okay. Uh, Todd says in a weird way. Even though there was that John Byrne Superman book that came out years ago with multiple covers, I think that Spider-Man number one, his Spider-Man number one, was kind of the beginning of this rampant disease. Uh, I'll, I'll try and do a katat here. So, so, so uh, I, I do feel guilty about it, but I, I really didn't have control over Spider-Man. Then the next year, they started it with X-Force and X-Men, and it, and, and, and it got kind of crazy. I just think it's cheating the public. I get the feeling that people will just resent it. And, and, and they are already resenting it. And I, I just want to be clean. When people get pissed, they're going to be pointing at a lot of people saying, that McFarland son of a bitch. And they'll point at me and, and, and think for a minute and say, nope, he's clean. He's clean. At least... I, I won't be held accountable because I didn't do anything. I gave you a book. I've upgraded the quality of the paper. Uh, and it didn't cost you anything more. I just gave you a good comic book. That's it. That's how they used to sell comic books. On quality. So I think you would have to um, examine this 1993 Todd McFarlane approach. Has has completely radically 100 thousand percent change this is not a position that todd holds any any longer and it hasn't been for is it three years is it longer you guys tell me two summers ago he had multiple covers i don't know is there a dozen is it called king spawn is it called spawn and the spawn edge i don't have the books in front of me i just know that there were one in one thousands there were one in one hundreds there were all manner of chase variants there were all manner of different covers and this was a practice that would go on uh, several different 
I think several different uh, several different books along the way. And so this position of of multiples. Now, what he's pointing out here: Superman had two different covers. His Spider-Man had three. X-Force had five. What did did X-Men have seven? It is definitely it escalated. It escalated. I think Spider-Man had four. It was because I forgot the polybag stuff and the silver logo. So so you go Spider-Man four, X-Force five, Superman had two, X-Men seven. Okay. It definitely escalated. But uh you know, most definitely there there was a change in in Todd's approach to whether he liked variants or not. I, I believe it was a couple um about a year and a half ago, in 2021, August 2021, if you look back in the back catalog of the Rob Observations, I did an episode called Secret History and Untold Tales of Comic Books. And in that episode, there is a Hot Topics uh, section where I talk about the deep dive into high-end collectible incentives that are driving today's comic sales. And, and, and at the time, like I said, I walked into my retailer right before we left for vacation because I had recorded that episode on vacation. So I had fresh material to work with. And my retailer said, go ahead, give, give me, you know, give me crap. And I'm like, what's going on? He goes, I, I thought you'd see it. And, and I was there to get my new comic books. And there on the counter was, uh, on, on, not on the counter, on the back issue bins was about, looked like 600 spawn, king spawns. So of course I looked at all these lined up and I'm like, well, you know, what's going on? And he said, I went all in. I, I I went all in on the incentive. There's a one in 250. I think that that was the number one in 250, and I and I bought a bunch. I I, I think I bought over a thousand, all totaled to get these uh these these CGC specials where there's a special signed and verified through CGC signature that that is available if I hit the threshold of one in. You know, the, the, if I if I order 250 copies, I get one shot every 250. So at a thousand, I order at a thousand, I get four. At 1200, obviously at at, at 1250, I get I get five. And and he broke it down to me. And I mean, think about that. Think about if all of the different retailers, which they did by the way, because it jumped the numbers. There was a an announcement that this was going to uh, be available right before the, the cutoff line, before the final orders were due. So retailers were told, hey, if you want to go in at $250, I mean, 250 copies, not dollars, 250 copies uh, of King Spawn, that will uh, give you an opportunity to get the CGC signed variant. And, you know, if, if a bunch of stores start compiling one in 250s to the tune of 1,000 per store or 2000 per store however it was i mean that really works out well for the print run for the orders i mean it, there there is you know no way that it is not just an absolutely great incentive it is a great incentive to have that one in 250 which i i think king spawn and and several other spawns that followed had this guy that says, I want people to look at me and I'm clean, that is not his outlook anymore. That's not my opinion. That is a fact. Christmas time, right before Christmas, uh, Batman Spawn launched. And you're going to say, that's a DC book. None, none of those decisions were done without clearance by Todd. When you do a crossover, you get you know 
And I know for a fact from the DC people, because I ran a check on this, and the people who were in the know said that they had run all of this past Todd, and that not not one of those twenty six variants was not was done without him, you know, having knowledge of it. So you got Batman Spawn, which was I'm not sure is it a seven ninety nine, eight ninety nine, nine ninety nine book? I, maybe it's a six ninety nine. It's not your average comic book because uh, I think it was like a was it a forty eight square bound book? That book had twenty five whatever covers and and again whether it's uh one of the recent spawn releases or an anniversary book or whatever he has leaned into this uh i would say more than leaned into it he has become one of the driving forces behind this uh this variant craze so you wonder what changed in 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 29 in, in, what am I talking about? In 30 years, what changed in 30 years that says when people get po- pissed off, they're going to be pointing at me and they'll look at me for a minute and say, oh no, he's clean. I won't be held accountable because I didn't do anything. I gave you a book with upgraded paper and it didn't cost you anything more. I just gave you a good comic book. That's it. That's how they used to sell comic books on quality. He says it's getting out of hand. It's a rampant disease up top. And he says, it's cheating the public. People are starting to resent it. So those aren't my words. Those are Todd's words, very succinctly stated. So obviously there's been a change in position. So this has to do with a then and now. Uh, Marvel and DC do a lot of variants. I was part of, uh, there may have been, is there 30 variants on Snake Eyes number one that I did? So that there's no way that my hands are clean. I have Deadpool batter blood. Uh, coming up and there's five, six variants on that. I myself am doing, I, I, I you know, told you at the top, I, I wouldn't do homage covers of Todd's images because I, I don't think I can do them better than he did. And uh, yet I did homage covers. I, I submitted five uh, covers that I would do. Marvel was happy to sign off on them and, and I turned them in. So I'm partaking in this, but I also don't have an interview where I say, I'm not going to do them. I'm going to be clean. Uh, fans resent them. They're a plague. They're a, uh, is it, w- w- let me get it right. Is it, is it a disease? A rampant disease. Okay. So, so this is this giant, you know, back and forth here. So obviously can't condemn it, won't condemn it. Uh, please don't think for a minute it's being condemned because I participate in variant covers, but I also didn't get up on a pulpit and tell you that I wasn't going to do that. And I'm not going, and I'm not going to participate in that because now it is something that the spawn publishing company does with great regularity. I don't know what goes on with variants and toys. I'm not up on that, but I thought this was at the very least, this was very interesting. So again, it's just a revisiting of a position that is, uh, very firmly expressed here. Uh, <clears throat> in 1993, and it, it is a different position now. And so uh, they follow up and say, "Are you going to maintain your buck ninety-five cover price?" Oh yeah, best thing about being in the position that we're in, and uh, and a lot of people hate us. Screw them. Is that the bottom line is out of our pockets? The other company should realize that I make a lot of money. So that if I want to do something extra in my comic that costs more money, I can do it and just take it out of my own pocket. The only person that is going to suffer, for lack of a better word, is me. 
So Todd McFarlane can say, hey, I'm going to make this issue 40 pages and I'm not going to charge any more money. I'm going to make this book gold plated. I'm going to make this so that everybody gets a $5 bill. It's still going to be a buck 95. The only person that's going to take it in the shorts is me. And I'm willing to take it in the shorts. It's not as if there's any stockholders to make happy. It's just me. So if I don't make as much money this month, big deal. So be it. The, the next part of the interview that, get, that gets nice and juicy and pretty interesting is uh, he talks briefly about why the Spawn uh, Neil Adams crossover didn't, didn't happen. He kind of sidesteps that, which isn't terribly interesting. Uh, then he, then they, the, the, e, the ER, just because it just says ER, this unnamed uh, reporter says, do you have any plans behind, do you have any plans beyond Spawn Batman? He talks about a Violator miniseries that he's going to do. He basically says, uh, once I get done with the Batman Spawn crossover, I'm just going to stay home and do the book. If I want to do uh, another Violator miniseries after the one I'm doing with Bart Sears, I'll go ahead and do that. Uh, I'm, I, I want to keep everything pretty close. I'm a control freak. He says, uh, I may just do nine issues of Spawn a year and three issues of Violator every year. I'm going to try and pump out 12 issues a year. They may not all be Spawn. Personally, I don't ever see me doing stuff. So this is Todd. Personally, I don't ever see me doing stuff like Jim Lee and Rob Liefeld, where they have different books from other people, and they go off and have different people do them. I'm not that ambitious. Uh, then the ER guy completely like, this is just a complete suck up. Well, not only that, but it's going to be tough to find anybody who mimics your style. So, uh, I thought, I think it's interesting again in what we're talking about, because I believe I read in an interview where Todd wants to give you a spawn book every week now. And as we know, those spawn books are not drawn by Todd. And actually Todd doesn't, I believe write all of them. I don't know if he's writing any of them. I do not know. Maybe he's writing the flagship. He certainly doesn't draw them and he hasn't drawn them. He embellishes and he inks uh, regularly. But as far as I think the interiors of Spawn, he hasn't done them since 1993 or 1994. And there's no interiors. And I've told you before how much I I love Todd's interiors, the omnibuses that I have behind me. the Spider-Man's uh, Amazing Spider-Man, uh, the 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 Spider-Man book that he launched, and the first twelve or so issues of Spawn that he that he did. Maybe he did fourteen after. I think he did a couple after Capullo, and then he left. The Spider-Man stuff is ridiculously uh, just compelling. You can't look away from it. Uh, his Line work, his rendering, his page design, his figure work, his uh, unique faces, costuming, uh, the the clothes, all of it. Uh, He had a very striking Spider-Man, striking Mary Jane. He gave great interpretations of classic Steve Ditko villains, which he then put that McFarlane twist into, uh, whether it was Green Goblin, Sandman, uh, Vulture, Doc Ock, Mysterio. It was just always great. What What is Todd going to draw today? How is Todd going to make this look? His Hulk, his Wolverine, you know, obviously over over in the Hulk titles. So 
saying I'm never, I don't see myself being like Jim Lee or like Rob Liefeld having other people do books for them, um, is also a position he no longer subscribes to. And those books have a fair amount of variance on them as well. The books that are being written and drawn by others. And for the life of me, I don't know the names of, uh, off the top of my head, I remember seeing some of the people who are doing the different Spawn books, they share their art on Twitter, and I see that just like the rest of you. But I didn't come prepared giving their names. But I did think that in the, uh, in the short term, there are two big positions here that Todd has expressed in this 1993 interview. One, I'm not doing books like Jim and Rob. I'm not going to do Spawn books. In fact, take that paragraph that I, I, I read to you where he says, I may do nine Spawns and three Violators so that you're still only getting 12 books out of me a year, um, but I'm not going to surpass that. Well, we have we are way past that because, you know, I go and I see the shelves piled with the the Spawn titles. Uh, the, and, and that, what, what do you, what do you want to call it? The Spawn universe where Spawn has a cowboy hat and Spawn has a Viking hat and Spawn has a crown because he's a king and Spawn, uh, you know, all, all the different variations of Spawn. I think there's four or five books. I don't know. There's a team book. I think that one's called The Scorched, if I'm correct. And I'm not sure the, the, the rotation. I, I glance at them. I put them back. I'm, I'm, they're not in my regular rotation. Um, but again, each of those launches was uh, compiled with multiple variants. So again, the two platforms, and no one asked him to do this. I grabbed this ER. I see this Todd McFarlane interview. I'm, I'm so excited to see what he was saying at the time. And again, he expresses two things. I'm not going to be guilty of doing variants. I'm going to have my hands clean. Uh, that is a rampant disease. Uh, he feels like he helped start it with Spider-Man. Uh, he, he wants to be clean and, 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 uh, be able to say, not me, I'm not that guy. And, and now he is heavily that guy and no spinoffs and now tons of spinoffs, a family of books. And coincidentally, they are always accompanied by the variants that he said were a rampant disease. So, uh, you know, I can only speculate on the fact that I believe like everybody like me like do i have more extreme titles that i have been working alongside other actors producers directors to make to film yes i have you don't know about them yet not all of them are announced maybe one of them is announced prior to this airing i don't know it could be it's possible uh but i think todd is out courting greater uh greater backing maybe a possible full-scale sale now that's maybe i i don't have inside news I just think he's expanded his universe to give you what he now calls a spawn universe. And, and when he's interviewed uh, recently, he has made a correlation between what he's trying to do with spawn universe and build out because he said other people want them. I mean, he says you talk to people in the entertainment business and they want to buy a universe. So I think that's probably uh, getting the good metrics. I mean, getting all those variants and, and, and having retailers, you know, Get out their calculators, work the math, which which they do, and 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 they and they, you know, they they look at okay, I buy I buy two hundred and fifty extra copies to qualify for the CGC. Um, I'm paying X amount for the two fifty, but I'm gonna sell this one in two fifty CGC slabbed, and for more money than I'm buying these two hundred and fifty copies, and then I can take these two hundred and fifty copies and 
sell them at a lower price. And ultimately, you know, it makes, it makes sense with, 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 you know, it makes sense to the retailer, you know, to work it on that end. So, so the, the one in 250 really helps bolster those sales. And again, you know, bolster those metrics. I mean, they, these guys all took out their calculators. They worked the spreadsheets. They worked their, you know, um, profit loss and, and it may, it works for them. And there is certainly no, uh, you know, no shame whatsoever assigned with good business practices and having spawn have big numbers at like Marvel and DC assigned variants for big launches is good business practice. With something like a snake eye, sometimes Marvel does it as well. They open it up to retail variants. And at that point, the retailers are buying into your variants. I don't believe Todd, to my knowledge, has not done a retail variant. The variants that he is giving you and the Batman Spawn variants were for you to figure out from the distributor level. Lunar gave you a choice to buy all those different Spawn Batman variants. Uh, when, When Todd gives you Spawn variants through diamond that is the stores picking the a b c d e f okay on a on a and in so much of like what idw and what boom studios and sometimes again you see marvel comics uh do the retail variants they're just slightly more expensive than the idw and the booms although the idws are getting more expensive because your host here has looked into getting some turtle variants himself because i love the turtles i i gave the turtles the macho award for 20 uh 22 for 2021 because it, it earned it. That book is fantastic. I, I think Kevin Eastman is is uh, fantastic. Still grinding, making comics, drawing, uh, drawing, penciling, inking, writing. He's doing all of it. And and I love that. I love that, that there are guys, he's slightly above my peer group, but I love that they're still interacting, crafting, making some of these great, uh, amazing comics by hand because i mean come on that's that's how we do it we we make them by hand whether you're drawn on the cintiq or you're drawn on the paper you're making them by hand they're handcrafted i love that about comics so with what's going on with like the last ronin the turtles or like with my snake eyes they open it up to retailers now you may get 15 retailers that go i want to cover i want to cover last year profit profit i just remembered this profit uh we reprinted the first issue we had 16 different retailers say, I want to do covers on that. One of those was Scotty Young. He wanted covers for his website. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to need a Scotty Young cover out of this that he sells for himself, but at least I'll have one to advertise to say that Scotty Young is doing profit. Okay. And different comic book stores all participated in buying into profits and or snake eyes. So it's really not any different. Uh, It all counts in the numbers at the same time, but the retail variance gauge how retailers think they can do with your book. It's a different gauge. Same numbers can be applied. They apply to the rankings. But if I'm giving you nine covers through Diamond and making you choose, I'm forcing your selection. If I say these are open to retail buys, there's opening to your comic store or your online store buying a variant and then 15, 20, 30 people jump on board, you get a good idea that this product is going to be well-received. It's a great way of gauging so both of them are gauges. I know that the retail version is definitely a a a little more of a bump in in the direction that I want to partake in this. Now, w- however, whatever reasons Todd is using not to give you retail variants, that is uh, his decision. 
I am fairly certain he has not done a spawn retail cover. And if he did, I think you would get giant numbers. You would absolutely get giant numbers, which would then only add to the amount of variance he was doing already through the catalog. So I hope you follow me there. When you see it in the catalog, that's the publisher telling you, this is what we're going to give you. This is what's available for you to order. I go, like many of you, and look for covers all the time, and they go, oh, we only ordered the A and the B. We only ordered the A and the B. When Spawn Batman came out at my local store, they're like, we only got three of the covers. We didn't go for all the others. We just don't have luck going with extra covers. On my own uh, you know, projects with covers, I called my retailer. I, I, so so you can, I can put my own head on the chopping block here. I said, hey, are you going to order any of the uh, profit you know, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, you know, the, the seven covers that we're offering. And he said, Rob, I'm, I'm ordering the A and the B. That's it. I don't, he goes, I don't want to offend you, but most people just want the A cover. And, you know, you don't have to tell me twice. Tell me once. You're the retailer. You're the buyer. And I, and I, I listen, I commit, which puts greater, greater pressure on the publisher to bring you a variant cover that you're going to want. So that you go, I don't want to buy this, but there will be, you know, an audience for this. So again, this is all really turned on the head of variant covers, variants, spinoff books, but I've done them. I do them. I enjoy them. And my position has always been when I bought Uncanny X-Men, when I bought Frank Miller's Daredevil, so when I was buying, when I was buying the Burn Austin X-Men run, especially Days of Future Past, especially Dark Phoenix with, with Frank Miller, The Death of Electra, with the Teen Titans, several different Perez issues I really liked. You guys, I would get the book. I'd get so excited to see the book. And then the book would be over in 22 pages. I would have given anything for an extra cover, a 23rd page, two covers, 24 pages. I would do anything to extend that experience. So way back then, because I was already buying two copies, I was buying two copies of X-Men, as many as I could afford. If it was a book I really liked, I bought three. And at that time, it was collector's copies and reader's copies. I just want two that are shiny and nice. Now that I'm buying them from comic stores and, and they're, 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 they're in really nice condition, and I can have two that are shiny and nice, and I can have one that I read. Even if I was lucky enough to get some of those X-Men off the spinner rack, which some of that, only the last tail end of those burn issues were available to me through a comic book store right towards the end as, as, uh, as 1980 turned to 1981. And I was 13 years old and discovering comic book stores, but I'd get the, 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 the secret for me was I've mentioned all the time that there was a Seven Eleven and the, the, there was the spinner rack and there was the grocery store. They all had the comic books on the spinner racks. They had spinner racks on the metal rungs, which would get bent and, you know, again, I showed my spinner rack on a Facebook post the other day. And I'm like, you should have those in bags and boards. Comic books didn't come in bags and boards when they were on spinner racks. They came as floppy paper material with no firm backing. And they often were handled and, and jumbled and sometimes torn and ripped. But if you wanted it, you bought it anyway. There was a U-Totem. It was a knockoff of 7-Eleven. Some people in Southern California know what I'm talking about when I talk about the U-Totem. Uh, there was also a stop and go stop and go and you totem were both knockoffs of the Seven Eleven marketplace. Well, we had a U totem about three blocks behind my house. And that's where I was getting most of the death of, I'm sorry, the dark Phoenix and X-Men days of future past storyline. They didn't have spinner racks. They had shelves. So the comic books were placed out of the box straight up. And if they came out of the box in nice condition, they rested on that shelf in nice condition. So I was able to get nice condition copies before 
going to comic stores, which also had them on the shelves and weren't featuring them on the spinner racks. So even back then, getting nice condition ones was possible from Utotem because they weren't crumpled up on the spinner rack. Now, again, Daredevil, uh, the, first ele- uh, the, the, the first Electra, that is a, is that Daredevil 168? I, I don't have it off the top of my head. That was on a spinner rack for me. I had to get that crumpled. A lot of the early Frank Miller stuff was crumpled and not in great condition, but it did not affect the way that I consumed it and loved it and adored it. And it was inspired by it one iota. But I was fortunate. Some of the Perez Avengers, some of the X-Men by Byrne, some of the stuff that I hold in, in the highest regard and to, and I still do to this day. That stuff I was able to get in pretty good condition again, because it was on shelves, not spinner racks. So again, condition definitely, definitely has become uh, a trade of the day, a trade of what we do. And uh, I would buy two or three because I wanted to have just nice ones to look at. The point is, if I'm already buying two or three, imagine if they had different art on it. Maybe I'm buying four or five. Maybe if John Byrne did an A cover and a B cover back then, I'd buy, I'd buy both. And, and maybe I like them so much, I'd buy more. So again... The variant cover, I understand, just on the extending the experience. And if you did buy 26, 25, 28, I don't know, where there are 30 Batman spawns and you love Batman spawn and that, you know, crossover meant a great deal to you, then by buying 30 more covers, you've just added to your, your page total, the entire experience. Because you betcha, when they make that a hardcover, each one of those covers is going to be an individual page. So let's say the Spawn Batman was 48, 50 pages. I do not know how, how, how much it was. It was just more than a regular comic. You know, you then add all those covers. You get 25, 30 extra pages. Maybe they're also going to give you the pencils and inks and the colors. So now you've turned 30 into 60 pages. It is a way to extend the experience, and I'm all for it. I'm all for it. I've never been against it. There is not an interview with me saying they are a rampant disease. I want to be clean. I don't want any part of it. So that's just an examination of of two very distinct platforms that Mr. McFarlane uh, put forth uh, and he also reminds you there at the end that it's his money. He can decide what he wants to do. So no one is pushing him around telling him what to do. Todd makes his own decisions. And on this, back in 1993, his decision was one cover, one comic. It was quality. That's how we did things. His own quote, it used to be about quality comics. I don't do variants. Now, tons of variants, tons of spinoffs. Positions have definitely changed. Uh, I'm sure if Todd was here and I asked him, he'd say, times change, bud. Times change, bud. The times they are a changing is 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 maybe along the lines of the answer that you would get, I would get. But this is and has been Todd McFarlane then and now. I present only the words and the deeds and the actions, so you can draw the contrast. We're going to continue this series, doing this with other uh, names along the way. We may actually revisit Todd. There is another interview on deck. He is always a great. Uh, Gabber, he gives good interview. He's a talker, and I, I love examining uh, some of the stuff that he says and does. But we're going to do this uh, with with several names in this series. It'll be off and on. I'm not sure it's going to be you know consecutive uh, as we discover them and decipher them. I'll bring them to you. But I think the, the then and now is interesting. It's just it's just interesting. No condemnation, no judgment. Just these are the words of creators then, and these are the words and actions of creators now. And I'm going to continue to share them as long as I locate them and as long as I am doing observations. The way that I look at it, episodes like today, this then and now uh, series that we're, we're going to be 
investigating and, and, and dropping in here with some of the biggest names in the business. It's, it's like, I'm sure you've all seen it. We've seen it in sports lately, obviously politics. Some guy says one thing, then they, of course, show the clip. The anchor says, but you said this in so-and-so in, you know, 15 years ago, you said this in 2004, 2017. They always try and take the positions of somebody that, um, or, or, or an, you know, exclamation that they've made. And then they go back and just juxtapose it against, you know, previous statements and, and, and expressions and opinions and platforms that they've, that they've served. And so I think it's interesting in the world of comic books, especially the movers and shakers, and, and these will all be real, you know, these will be focused on movers and shakers. You know, it's like the guy that goes, well, I would never do that, you know, on tape. And then they're like, but we just have evidence that you did all this. So again, these interviews, these, these expressions of people's uh, stances, whatever it's on variants, whether it's on publishing practices, people they work with, uh, the manner with which they publish the scheduling. All of it is just interesting. It's just there to present for our entertainment. And that's what this show is about at all times is to entertain you in this world that we all love so, so very much. I do. I know you do as well. I just want to thank you all for listening. Uh, I'm going to be honest. I, I, I do not understand how the audience for this show has continued. Uh, our, our latest numbers are like we have doubled this audience. Uh, just doubled it and it, it, it's it's considerable like it, it's staggering i'm not sure where this is all coming from maybe the cross-pollination of all the different platforms is is uh is checking out look i'm i'm just so thrilled that you are along this this on this ride with me and i will give you my commitment to continue to try and give you the most entertaining comic book stories anecdotes uh history sales figures and just keep coming at you with all of the uh that as, as they say as coming at you with all the receipts. At the end of every show, I read your reviews and you guys are always so generous. These reviews help us stand out on the platform. They help elevate the profile. And I am so appreciative that you guys are just dropping reviews like crazy. I read them at the end of every show. Um, I always appreciate uh, the positive uh, expressions that, that, that you share. And today I'm going to share. It's brief. It's it's to the point. Uh, it's really fun. It's It's from... A, a gentleman uh, called CDH2K10. <laughs> Again, I, lo- I, lo- I love the handles. I love all of your guys' different handles. Uh, <laughs> C- <laughs> it's it's uh, CDH, CDH2K10. He says, The Rob. I love this. The Rob is a long box hero. The Rob is a long box hero. He gives us five, five stars. Very brief says, always fresh, informative, bombastic, and, and then he puts in caps, never boring. The Rob brings it with every episode and never fails to entertain. Thank you, Rob, and keep up the great work, exclamation point. Hey, CDH2K10, okay? I'm, I'm, I'm talking to a, a droid in the cantina. Hey, thank you for that positive um, expression. Thank you for supporting our show. Thank you for spreading the word. Thanks for taking the time out to share that. Again, you guys leave these reviews. I will read them at the end of the show. Thank you again, uh, CDH2K10. I think I just like saying that. Um, again, we're here twice a week so far. 
Uh, we we may add a show. I know that'll that'll blow your mind if we do. Looking into maybe maybe going in a, a different direction here. But thank you for listening to your observations. Thank you for sharing it with your friends. You guys can find me across social media on Twitter. I'm always on Twitter. Uh, I'm at, I'm at Robert Liefeld. The full name didn't get Rob Liefeld. I'm at Robert Liefeld. So that's the real me that you're talking to. R-O-B-E-R-T-L-I-E-F-E-L-D. It's like I'm in the first grade again, spelling out my name. At Robert Liefeld. Has a blue check, a verification. What, whatever that means, that's me. That'll tell you that you're really talking to me. I love sharing with you guys. I'm on Twitter. Um, not as much as I used to be, but I'm still on regularly. I check in early and late and it's fun to see, um, and share all the different comments and, uh, ideas and messages with each and every one of you. So, so, so throw me a follow. It'll be fun, uh, to, to talk to you over on Twitter at Robert Liefeld on Instagram. I am at Rob Liefeld. I actually got my name, Rob Liefeld, another blue check verification tells you that's really me. I love all of our discourse, all of our, um, uh, sharing of commentaries of uh you know like i said not of your opinion that that's the discourse of it all you know and some of you (laughs) share them uh very pleasantly and some of you unpleasantly it's all entertaining so over on instagram whether it's comments messages dms i love interacting with you guys over there it's my photo dump of my life what am i eating what am i drawing what is my family doing where are we going uh what restaurant are we at i look if you want to follow me over on instagram i'd love to hear from you over there at rob liefeld on instagram there is an app. It's called Whatnot. I have been all over it since August. It is the state-of-the-art collectible app where everything you want in the collectible world is 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 in some room somewhere. Once you get the app, you download the app. Follow me. I'm Rob Liefeld. In my room, there's comic books, toys, uh, original art, and Funko Pops. And, and you know, there's Liefeld pins. We've sold pouches. We share pouches over there. Um, my that my my room is is again signed i should say signed comics toys funkos original art my my stuff uh some some most of it is custom custom signatures what is a blood splatter chisel find out what is a drop shadow chisel uh i do custom remarks of deadpool on on pops on toys uh so I'm in the comic book section, and that's what you're going to get from me. I have whatnot variants. We did a whatnot New Mutants Deadpool variant. We did a whatnot Brigade variant. We did a whatnot Spider-Man variant. They're only available through me, purchased through me on the show. We have some uh, really rare, hard-to-get items that we love to share with you guys. So follow me over on whatnot. Uh, they've got all sorts of sports memorabilia, sports cards, kicks, sneakers, jerseys. They've got Pokemon. They've got Yu-Gi-Oh! Uh, whatever is your pleasure, manga, anime, um, slabbed books, CGC, old Silver Age book, Golden Age books. So check out whatnot. I cannot give it uh, a higher endorsement. We've had a blast over there. Follow me over on whatnot. It is actually me for two hours, three hours. Whenever you hook up with me, we generally do it on Wednesdays and Saturdays. You'll get a notification once you follow me that I'm going to have a show. It'll tell you when I'm going to go on live. Sometimes I drone on even more so than I do on this podcast. I'm not sure if it's a companion piece. Some of you have said it is like a companion piece. Um, so, so, but you'll, you'll get me. It's me staring my um, ugly mug into that camera and speaking to you for the entirety of whatever live stream we do. We don't know how to do it any other way. So check me out on whatnot. I, I look forward to seeing you there. Facebook, we have a group. It's called Rob Liefeld, Marvel Extreme and beyond and that's how you should that's how you, that's how you should hear it when you read it marvel extreme and beyond and uh we we're, we're at we have a fun group over there talking all things uh you know comic books that I've worked on characters I've created 
Uh, we have art contests. Just uh, I, I'm I'm always available to interact, ask questions, um, answer your questions. Uh, sometimes you guys help me out when I have a question. It's a great group. Rob Liefeld, Marvel Extreme and Beyond. You'll be clicked in by either myself or a gentleman named Terry Sala. S-A-L-A is Terry's name. The reason I'm telling you this, we are the only two administrators on the account, the only two moderators. So when you submit your request, we'll be the guys to click you through and then join us. We'd love to see all your cool stuff and we'd love for you to see all our cool stuff. At the end of every episode, I always bring the focus back to, are you doing okay? Have you taken the time off? Have you reclined and, and, and watched a cool show with a bag of Doritos or Ruffles or baked Lays or a cupcake or a donut? Or yes, I'm pushing junk food because it's, it's your cheat day. Come on, man. Everyone needs to have a mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual cheat day. Uh, preferably you do it all at one time. I think you'll get the best mileage out of it. Life is tough. It is a grind. The world um, feels like we're getting a little better, but the grind is still there. Um, I'm more hopeful uh, than I was maybe this time last year. And uh, I hope I hope that you are too. I hope that you are working your way through it. And I can tell you that having lost a parent, having um, gone through all sorts of different family uh, dramas, friendship dramas, uh, you know, we, we, I've got three grown kids that we're, we're trying to, you know, still interact with in their lives and help them along in the, in the, in the, in the best that way that we could. Hey, whatever it is, uh, again, we've had three kids, been through three pregnancies, middle schools, all this stuff, jobs. Um, we all did the pandemic together and felt that, you know, I can't believe we're coming up on the third, the third year. And I was talking to my wife today, just how that uh, changed us. Reading Steven Spielberg's comment that he, Steven freaking Spielberg, thought that the world was going to end, that this was it. This was end for the end for humanity. I mean, smart people were coming to the same conclusions because we didn't know enough and we were rattled. And I think that emotional uh, wear and tear, which found me talking into this mic, creating this uh, this podcast as a coping mechanism, because above all things, this podcast is my coping mechanism. I can relate to the fact that you're probably feeling stress and uh, the grind uh, can get to all of us. And what I, again, believe you can escape into the arts just as we all did in the pandemic. What do we turn to? Art, uh, drawings, books, movies, music. And so again, I just mix it up with some good meals, some fun, some fun. Uh, maybe it's a big bowl of pasta, man. Maybe it's lasagna. I don't know. Just treat yourself. That's the bottom line. Treat yourself. Take care of yourself. I'm pulling for you. Please, please, please swing back around. I'll be here waiting for you with another show and we will most certainly absolutely inevitably talk again real soon.